G'day everyone, this is Rita Joyan and welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. My guest today is Tom Allwright. So Tom has had a career in the AFL, which is for international guests, the Australian Football League. Is that correct? Did I say that correctly, Tom? You've said it right. Okay, good, thank you. With the Geelong Cats. Tom had an experience where he was walking towards Mount Everest, as you do, with a friend, and they were talking about experiences and how experiences shouldn't be limited to imagination, where you could do something without any limits attached to it. Because for a long time, their discussion had gone, that travel had been associated with, you know, roughing it out, cold, uncomfortable, wet, and these kind of were sales pitches for building character. But what they realised is on this on this actual trip of theirs that they wanted to do something that could really add a touch of luxury and adventure. But tragically on this trip, Matt's, pardon me, Tom's mate passed away in his arms. That became what I believe, and I'm gonna to talk to Tom about, if that was a catalyst for him starting his business called Adventure Abroad, which is a business that focuses on experiences of adventure in remote and beautiful parts of the world with uncompromising levels of luxury and safety. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rita. It's great to be on. It's uh, it's exciting time. It is exciting time. And it's very much exciting because your business would be one of the prime examples of that's been affected by COVID and how things have been changing for you guys. But before I even get to that, I want to talk about, um, on your website, you've got a beautiful quote. You've got discovering purpose through failure. How did you find your, what failure happened for you to find your purpose? Um, uh, listen, I mean, I, I believe a lot in the theory of, um, you know, fail your way to success. Um, so for me, I mean, I, I've, had, I've had a lot of failures if you really want to um, take a, a, a micro view at it. Um, you know, I've had an AFL career that I put all my eggs into that basket. It didn't work. Um, I, you know, lost one of my mates in my arms off the side of Mount Everest. That was a failure. He had two young, young children that um, I'd promised to, to take him home to and, and a, a beautiful wife. That, that's a failure. And, you know, there are so many failures we have in our lives that, that shape the people that we, are, that we become. Um, and it's just really important, I think, that you continue to learn um, if you stop learning, you, you stop trying. Um, so that's kind of been my motto, um, you know, throughout, throughout, I guess, my career post football, um, probably since about the age of 20, 25, 26, when you're probably a bit more mature and mature enough to, um, be able to, you know, get up again and move on. Um, and I guess that I've had a lot of fantastic mentors in my life that have, have really helped with that. And I think that's really important. Um, but when I essentially stopped caring so much about what other people thought or what I thought other people thought, that, that's probably the thing where I really started to strive towards some, some pretty amazing things that we've been able to do at Adventure Abroad. Mm. So how did you get to that? That's a very beautiful point you've brought up. How did you get to, or how did you get to where you didn't care what other people thought? What is, the, is there a process that you consciously do to distance yourself from those opinions? Or is it just slowly over time it comes naturally to you? I think over time it, it becomes a little bit naturally to you, but you do have to put yourself in some, mm -hmm. some really uncomfortable positions. Um, 
sometimes, you know, you can't be everything to everyone. Mm. And you, you're better off just being someone to someone, I, I think, or something to someone, sorry. Um, I think too often, and especially in business, we, we try to be everything to everyone and we just run ourselves ragged. Mm. I have a, um, a really good friend of mine. He's actually a two-time Olympian, so mental strength of a, a warrior, you know. Um, and he's in the health and fitness industry, so he's got gyms um, who have been really, really impacted. And um, he, he fainted the other day um, purely because he was just run off his, his feet because trying to be everything to everyone, answer everyone's calls and almost be at their mercy. Um, you know, I think we can get stuck in that kind of mould. So I, I took the deliberate path of... Um, and again, we'll go into this later, I'm sure. But during COVID, it's allowed me to have a helicopter view, but really, really signal out what I want to be, what I want to become. And, um, you know, I've used this time now as, you know, clients always qualify who we are. How often do we actually qualify our clients to, to fit our needs? So that's what I've been doing. It's been... I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but it's been amazing. It's been amazing to be able to sit back and go, yep, tick, or, or no, cross for you. It's, yeah. it's yeah. a massive weight off the shoulders. And so since I've had the, um, had the courage to do that, it's, it's really changed my life, I think. I, I, really, I really strongly believe that. I think it's really changed the person I am and, and the person that I want to become. I love that. So you're saying you're being selective of who you want to work with as a client and that's what's giving you a lot of freedom. Is that it? Correct. It's, um, you know, a lot of the people, like I said before, is trying to be everything to everyone, mm. but you can't, it's actually impossible to do that. Um, so, you know, I came from a, a, a farming community, um, a, a small, a small remote town and, um, I, like you said before, had the dream of playing AFL. Um, and I think it's really important we all have dreams. And in this local community, it didn't even have a local footy team. So my mother would often drive me three hours on a return trip just to go to training. Oh, God so I could keep that spark alive. I know, bless her. Um, and, you know, after 15 years of preparing, the Geelong Cats eventually drafted me. Um, so it took 15 years. 15 years, 15 years uh, I was playing football for before I, I got to achieve that dream. Wow. But in saying that, you know, after just my second game, I would have a knee reconstruction. That'd be the last game of football I'd ever play. Oh. So these are the types of things that really shape and mould you. Mm. Um, from there, I had to reinvent myself. And, and, and we'll talk about this later, about how that happened. But I think through all these times that you experience what some may perceive as hardship um, it really helps you grow as a person and really helps you um, really focus on what you want to become um, adventure abroad is something I'm really passionate about um, in in helping obviously our guests but also getting them to think about big opportunities and what they can achieve within their lives while they're on our experiences. Um, and I see it as my role as to make all the obstacles 
that people have to achieve their their dreams or their goals to make them insignificant. That, that's my role um, because I know how much they can get you down. I know, Rita, I'm sure you've had it saying, you know, the podcast won't work and, and all of this and, and, and you constantly hear it. Um, and we have such naturally negatively biased minds that we, we go down that path of, yeah. focusing on the, the person or the people or, or the thing that isn't allowing us to achieve our maximum potential rather than those things that, that are, that are really good. And I used to think about it all the time during football. Now I might kick five goals, but I might've missed one. And I'd focus on that one that I missed so much more than the five that I got. And it's been a really powerful thing to me to be able to sit back and really, really, I guess, use, this time for personal development and um, and focus on on what's working. That's you know that's really interesting when you said to me that in the second game you had to have a knee reconstruct. I mean, for God's sake, like really, like oh, when that happens, because I, I know that when I've interviewed people on the in on the podcast who have been previous Olympians, one of the things that they've said is they put everything into that sport, like all their dreams, yeah. all their hopes that's their future, that's their present, everything. And so when they finish up in that sport, whether it's because of an injury, whether because their contract didn't get renewed, whatever the reason was, and they go into the world as it is, they have nothing to really fall back on because, well, this has ended now. How do I now reinvent myself or go? What did you do? Because you had put so much work into achieving your dream of, work, of playing for the Geelong Cats or the Australian football. How did you try and pick yourself up to just find your feel or a way of just progressing forward? Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, I surrounded myself in a very uncomfortable way with a lot of successful people through the networks that I met at Geelong. Mm -hmm. um, and when I say uncomfortable, it was really unnatural for me. I was naturally a very shy person. Mm -hmm. So for me to put myself saying, can I come into your office and just watch you, how you operate, um, that was a really unnatural thing for me to do. So for me to reinvent myself, I had to continually put myself in these uncomfortable positions and work with organisations about how they reinvented themselves um, and how did they chase their long-term dream or achieve that stretch goal. And for me, more importantly, it was how did they do it in, in radically new ways? Because I knew everything was changing so quickly with technology and everything that, yes, I went to uni, I got a commerce law degree, great, but really that degree now is, is relatively redundant. Mm. Um, and I knew that because of the pace that everything's moving at, I had to um, somehow come up with a, with a, I guess, a way that I could happily choose my own path and live my own destiny, I guess. Um, I wasn't going to ever be that, that kid that sat in an office, crunching mm. numbers as an accountant or, or, or being a lawyer. It just didn't sit that well with me. So, you know, I knew I wanted to, to own my own business. I felt like I had, you know, some form of entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and yeah, why so I just surrounded myself. Why did you study law then? I did it during football um, because I, I really value education. Um, I did it while I was playing football to give me something else other than sport. Um, 
when you are confined in the, in the walls of a professional sport, you only ever see the same people. Yeah. You only ever talk about the same things and you are constantly being analysed and scrutinised. Mm. So it was much, as much for my mental health, to be honest, as anything. Um, you know, it's been great for me to be able to then go and meet new people at, at university and things like that. Um, but that's probably it. I just needed something else. You know, we were training four to six hours a day. Mm which is a lot. A lot. But I needed something else. Like it just, it's not that mentally um, captivating, I guess, just mm-hmm. to do that um, 24 hours a day, uh, you know, 24-7. Okay, fantastic. So you're, you've done law, which is during the time of training for the Geelong yeah. Cats. And then you're, so when did Mount Everest happen? When is your trip to Mount Everest? So I, I after, after, after football, I, um, was heavily invested in um, health and fitness. I loved it. It was something that I love, you know, about about football and about sports. So I had a gym and we started taking trips to Kokoda, um, international marathons, all these types of things. One of them was was um, to Everest Base Camp. And um, what's I'd that done like? Can I just like, ask, what is that like going to Everest Base Camp? Like, is that like this... <laughs> Is that like really awesome? Like the definition of awesome? Awesome or inspiring, I call it. It's, um, you know, they are the biggest mountains in the world that are around there. And it's really difficult to, to explain. You are literally in um, the, the absolute definition of nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, you know, nothing um, that separates you from it. So it's a pretty incredible experience. Um, and, and, you know, when I'm talking to people that are inquiring about it, all I do is tell a story. I don't need to sell it. I don't feel like a salesperson. All I do is tell stories. Wow. Yeah, they love it. So it's, yeah, no, it's one of the places that I, I love and somewhere I continue to go back to. I took a school back to that area last year um, and we helped rebuild a school that got knocked down by the earthquakes. Wow. So that's one of the transformative things that we've been able to um, provide, um, not only not only for the, the kids that were on there, the students, but just be, being able to give back to communities that essentially kick-started um, Adventure Abroad and the dream that I had. So when your friend passed on in your arms, was, was that a catalyst? Did that really trigger you to just do something or was that just a part of the journey of, of what had happened on that trip? It was part of the journey. I guess I'd had these thoughts about, um, I, I was in, in a partnership in the gym at that stage and I really wanted to go down the travel route. What that taught me is how quickly it can all be over. Mm. And I know that sounds extremely cliche, but when it happens in your arms, when mm. you know, there was no reason for it to happen, it's, it's, you, you feel like you've got to act now I've got urgency about me now because you never know, like tomorrow can be all over. It's Mm -hmm. your time. And essentially that is what happened um, in the Himalayas. Um, It it was just a a kind of a really um, incredible few days where obviously that, that experience impacted me emotionally a lot, but really kickstarted me into gear life doesn't throw you opportunities. You've got to go and create them. Um, 
And that's one of the biggest things I find with working with organisations, big organisations, you know, Fortune 500. Mm. And they say, how do you create these experiences? How do you come up with these ideas? You need to do it. Yourself. They don't just fall in your lap. Yeah. You know, opportunities are not missed. They are just purely taken by someone else. And you mm. need to actually act with urgency, um, you know, because, because otherwise you can be too late. Love it, love it. Opportunities are not missed, they're just taken by someone else. Love that, love that. Because just to paint the picture, guys, of what Tom actually does in terms of his luxurious experiences with travel abroad, hosting long lunches at the North Pole. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. A long lunch is nice, but at the North Pole, like, so when you, let me, okay, so you've got this idea. I just want to paint the picture for the audience. You've got yep. this idea of traveling just without, imagination should not be a reason, no limit of imagination. Yep. So when you've got this idea, what are you doing first? Are you trying to put, put a package together? Are you putting a website first? Are you trying to get clients first? Look, what goes first, second, and third with this kind of an idea? Generally, um, this type of idea where we're doing these, um, incredible experiences like mm -hmm. the 15 course degustation meal at the North Pole was where I would come up with the concept um, and then through our networks people we have um, you know would find where it sits in the scheme of things and like I said when I first jumped on this podcast I see it as as my role is to make all the obstacles, you know, become insignificant in someone's goal. When we can take a company um, on an experience like this, you can imagine the amount of obstacles that are trying to get in our way to prevent us from hosting an event here. Mm -hmm. um, this is our way of showing them. This is our way of getting them to, to be um, inspired and empowered to then go and essentially um, pass that on to their own communities um, within their own team. So North Pole was a, um, an executive group who have now gone on to become, um, well, as of last year, become the third, uh, the third highest grossing revenue in the UK. Congratulations. Um, now I'm not going to say it's because of the North Pole, but this is the thinking that we need to try and get people, especially a time like this where we've got COVID, we need to get people to be thinking out of the box. Why have we not been chasing the big opportunities or the things that have been sounding too hard and putting them in the too hard basket all the time? It's because the challenges and obstacles just become too difficult to, to overcome. And the pull factor from that destination of the goal is not strong enough. So we need to kind of rejig our thinking and, and make sure those obstacles aren't too, too difficult to overcome. And that destination, the goal, the result, what we want to achieve out of it is a really strong pull. Mm -hmm. So in, in doing that, in doing that for the customer, so do you only work with corporates? No, we don't. We don't. We, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll go there in a minute. We, we initially actually started as a B2C business where we just um we, yeah so business to consumer business um business to consumer um and we just offered the trips like any other travel company what i noticed though is and this is where the time i've taken for covid to really step back and have a helicopter view is so many travel and events company will ask you what do you want mm -hmm. you know 
and, and they might say a, a beach holiday to Queensland or you know a trip to New York, but not I can't find any. And I've had a lot of I've done a lot of searching. How many actually ask you why? Mm. Like, why is the critical question? Like, why do you want to go to New York? Oh, because the fashion festivals. Well, now I know why you're going there. I can actually organise the experience around the main reason you're there. Instead of going, you know, oh, this person fits this profile of a five-star, I could put you in a five-star hotel in the complete wrong part of New York. Mm-hmm. And because it's, you've never been to New York before, you just trust what I say. Mm-hmm. If I actually know why you're going there, and sometimes it, it takes two questions of why. Like why and then why again. So you actually understand what the purpose of them being in that location is um, or what they're trying to achieve out of it, what their goal is. That has led us to probably going down more a B2B route, so business to business. So we've um, been fortunate enough to to work with and, and for some of the, the biggest travel companies in the world. Um, and operating their experiences because we just asked that question, well, why do you want to go to the European Alps? Mm. Oh, we want our clients to experience this. Okay, now we know. Mm. And now we can formulate the trip around it rather than just going on Google and searching what everyone else is, is doing, which is, you know, notorious in, the, in our industry. Brilliant. That's absolutely, that's, that's genius. How long have you guys been in business for? About five years. So... We obviously took a, took a little while to get going. I completely bootstrapped it. I didn't have any um, outside investment. And it was still a very small team, um, which I think is really special. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's been a, a very steep learning curve. I've, I've stuffed up more times than I've got it right. Like, this all sounds very pretty. But let me, it's, you know, made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, and that just goes with those failures that, you know, learning. It's just a discovering a new way to, to do it, really. That's, well, that's what a failure is, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I'm just curious to know, Tom, why are you so passionate about having people experience adventures? Why, what is it about that that speaks so deeply to you? Um, I think it's, it's me. You know, I grew up in Tasmania. I grew up outdoors. Um, I grew up doing a lot of adventure. And I think having travelled so often in the Western world that we live in, Australia, America, parts of Europe, we, are, we, we get drawn so much to the corporate lifestyle or the, the dollar. Mm-hmm. What is going to essentially make us more money? And that makes our decision. I don't I do not believe that money should be the reason you ever do anything. That that's the result of what you do. Yeah. That should not be the reason because it gets boring. It becomes mm. work. Yeah. Um and you don't, you know and this comes back from the the experience I had in the Himalayas with with my mate passing away. It can all be over. And if if you if you don't, you know, tick off things that you want to do in your life and all you do is spend that time working. Well, you know, I I just question the quality of life you really have. So, you know, there's been a a lot of blessings in disguise or silver linings throughout COVID and getting to spend time with your family and and everything like that. But I think 
what we're learning is that we probably went a little bit too far um, to, to one side to, to, to focus in so much on about what probably doesn't really matter as much as, as other things should. Yeah, 100%. How have you guys pivoted during COVID? Well, this is our opportunity, I guess, to really have a helicopter view of the company, what's working, what isn't. Um, and that's where I went down the path. We, we, we'd been toying with it um, through, you know, working with organisations, but now we have moved into a path of pride, primarily working as a business to business, um, working with Fortune 500s, working with ASX listed companies, um, working with other travel companies to operate their trips for them. Um, because, you know, it's just, it's an easier way that, that we've been able to, I, I guess, make a difference. I, I, I saw us as just probably becoming a little bit too much like a, um, a another travel company. You know, we were just becoming like a flight centre or like a, um, you know, hello, whatever it is. We were just, what what is the difference between Adventure Abroad and and the others? And, and that's, you know, our, our, our purpose behind it. So let me ask you this. So you have, you've been doing this for five years and you've been giving people incredible experiences and within those experiences you're getting the participants to look into their own life and see what visions they have so that's the byproduct of what you're doing and see what goals they can smash through by being in this experience with you how is it that you so when you first started and i'm sure it's now build momentum and you're getting referrals and people are finding out about you but in the early stages how did you first start to get clients how did you even experience how did you sell an exclusive vip experience yeah, um, you see these, this is the phone and <laughs> just got on it and... Cold calling, told did cold everything. calling? We did cold, we did everything, cold calling. And, you know, the best ones, honestly, came from um, the networks I already had and it was just a matter of me asking. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what I learned is the best thing that can happen is they've got something for you the worst thing is you're in the same position that you, you ask them. Mm. You know, they say, no, I don't have anything. And people don't know unless you ask. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of and, and this is probably an, an Australian thing, a lot of tall poppy syndrome mm. happens yeah. in Australia, right? So we can be often, if we're quite um, self-conscious or if we're worried about what other people think, we we'll often find that we won't ask because we're, we're just a bit worried. We don't want to be looking like we need help. Mm. I think help's the best thing that you can do, ask mm. for. Yeah. People want to help. Well, 100%. And I love the fact that you just picked up your phone and said, well, you see this? <laughs> I just started using it. I started using it for its primary purpose, just calling up people. So once you established that, was it... Because what's very interesting, because I know I'm going to get questions on this, and the questions are going to be like, but if you have this big, bold dream of doing something that's going to be so such an expensive overhead, how do you plan it out so that, and this is why we're going into step one, step two, step three, how do you plan it out with this big, bold vision? This is what I want to do. This is the experience I want to give. How do you plan it so how many people that I'm, am I going to have to employ to cover the costs? How many resources do I need in terms of maybe printing or maybe you know, all of this stuff? Like, 
How did you account for all of that? Like, was it over a stage of period in time or did you just have a down pat and then created the experiences? Certainly have never had it down pat and always learning along the way. Um, I think that's a big thing that you need to take about it. You're continually learning. Um, one of the things that I did really early on was create a really, like I'm quite a simple person and I don't like complex models and everything like that. So I'm a bit of a visual learner. So I essentially created what would be like a, a BN diagram about what adventure abroad is. How do I create the moment? Um, and it's really simple. I need a budget, I need stakeholders, mm. and I need a duration, so the time. So with those three things, I'll create the moment for you. You just need to tell me what those three things are. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. And once I had that model, everything flowed. Because mm. mm. we, we, need, we, need, we knew how much we needed to, to, to make as a, a margin. Mm -hmm. And then once you know that, you know how much money you've got to play with to, to put, put, put the events on. And then it's just a matter of um, trying to leverage that by um, having partners, whether it be airline or hotels mm -hmm. and, and everything like that. And then you start talking about, you know, cream on top of, of, your, um, of your, your business plan. But that doesn't always work. Sometimes we've got to really remote locations that have never heard of what a commission is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so... It's just the way it is. But it's really important, I think, to... For, well, for me, it was to visually have a model of what is, what is our business. Um, mm. Once we knew that, you know, it became a lot easier. And did you have, like, a side gig while this took off? Like, did you do some kind of part-time work or did you do something different just to sustain some income until this was able to fly on its own? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, I was a, a rowing coach. Wow. Um, for, for a little while. So I was a roller as a junior and I was lucky enough to go and help coach and, and run their program. Um, you know, I was very lucky. Obviously, AFL players are paid quite well. So I had some capital, but, um, you know, that goes pretty quickly when you're trying to start businesses and, and you've got agencies and everything promising you the world for all the Google ads and campaigns that have never seemed to work for me. But regardless, <laughs> I... Um, yeah. You still have a go at them. So that, that you know, disappeared quite quickly. So I did need to, for, I mean, just general living. You, I needed something. Mm. Um, mm. And, and, you know, so, you know, I'd, I'd coach from 5.30 in the morning through to 8 and and then get on with my um, my business and then coach again in the evening um, to the point where we obviously don't need to do that anymore. So that's, yeah. Yeah. you know, certainly been part of the story, part of the journey. And I think it just, you know, it, it's a part of, you know, living, you need, you need money. Um, but I think it's a very important part of the journey because, it, and it's just important to highlight that because you didn't jump cold turkey. You did have something. And I think that's why most people are scared to go full out into that thing they want to do because they think, well, I still need an income. You still sustain yourself with an income. It may not be the high yep. pressure job that you're used to. Something more low key that gives you the time to go and do this other thing on the side, which is what you did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I never thought that Adventure Abroad wouldn't work. Really? Like there was no, yeah, there were no times, like there were tough times. There yeah. were times where I was like, it's 10pm on a Friday. Why am I still in front of my computer and not at the pub? <laughs> Certainly times like that. But there were never times where I thought this just is not working. Wow. Um, wow. And I don't know why. Maybe I was young and naive and ambitious. Mm, yeah. But 
you know, maybe that's why we've got to have the opportunities to create some of the most amazing experiences as well. How long did it take, Tom, for you guys to build that momentum where you could just, you know, it's, yeah. how long did that take? Um, I reckon about 18 months to two years okay. before we started getting some really good clients. Um, the clients, like the businesses that we've worked with, you know, I spoke earlier about B2C and B2B relationships. So business to customer and business to business relationships. It's actually not true. It's P2P, so peer-to-peer. It's, it's me to you. It's whether you are working for the Macquarie Bank and I'm here, if Macquarie Bank are going to do a partnership with us, it's my relationship with that one person I'm talking with at Macquarie yeah. Bank who would decide whether I have a relationship with Macquarie Bank. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way you've got to think of it. Um, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's just that mentality, I think, has probably changed the way we've approached a lot of our conversations. So the conversations I have with a, with a you know, charity organisation or or. A, 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 a Fortune 500 or or a client going to do Tour de Mont Blanc, they have the same conversation. Okay. And what role do you play? Because it's there's a lot of moving parts in a venture abroad. Are you the market? Are you the salesperson? Are you the organiser of tours? Are you just the guy that goes on the tours? <laughs> you know, like what, what, what role do you play? I'm still trying to work that out. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, my, my role, I guess, is, um, you know, I strongly believe that, you know, visualisation is where everything starts. So I, I work a lot with the um, organisations um, that we do B2B with, so business-to-business relationships with. I work with them about trying to create something that will um, inspire and empower their own communities. Um, through, through our events um, and then trying to con- continue the relationships past the event so that we have, you know, I prefer to have one client coming back every year for a new experience and trying to find out a new client every year. I think it's so much easier just to continue yeah. the relationship than it is to go and get new ones. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my role is that kind of customer relationship and the journey. I love it. And you also do speaking engagements. I know you go to schools and you go to corporate events and that's an added side gig or side within the business itself do you enjoy speaking yeah that's, I, I do I, I love getting up um on stage and, and discussing some of the things we've, we've done and, and probably more importantly and this is why we've worked really well with um large organizations with a lot of staff is because i talk about a lot about playing your role in a football team and how important that was to our success when i was at geelong and how i've just translated the education and the learnings from that into adventure abroad we don't we have full trust that everyone is doing their role to the best of their ability and we don't need to second guess what they're doing Um, and i think that's been a really powerful lesson for us Um, hasn't just happened overnight Um, i was a bit of a control freak when i started because it was mine but you know if you're going to grow if you're going to it I, I never wanted a job for myself. I never wanted this to just be, you know, like the sole, a sole trader kind of income where it relied on me. Um, I wanted a business that was going to um, be the vehicle to the life that I wanted to live. Um, so I needed to get other people involved. And, and so, yeah, I do go and speak to, um, 
to, to organisations. Um, and that's about, you know, how going, going back to making, you know, the obstacles and the challenges that are in the way of, of that dream, making them insignificant. Um, and that's what we, we, we speak a lot about. So that they can go and, you know, achieve something big. Yeah. Even though you're working in a big organisation, you're not limited to what you can achieve. Mm. That's, just, that's just a pattern of thought. Oh, I love that. Do you do like motivational talks in your trips? Do you like to do little pep talks and get them going? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, you know, they get in oh. and they and they just need a different perspective. And you're there, yeah. you know, you're giving them what they need, you know, you need the coaching that they're they need, need, yeah. not getting. You know, what, what, what I guess what we, I've learned over the journey and, again, going back to the speaking and speaking to these organisations, that if you do want to do something you've never done, you've actually got to become somebody you've never been. Mm. Um, and I, I mean that to an absolute T. Like, you know, if you've got this big outlandish goal, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't just happen. You've got to actually put time and effort and, and resources into making that happen. So you're and saying you to completely to... be another identity, like just in that process of starting up that thing or doing that thing? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So if, if it might be for somebody who, you know, um, wants to, uh, let's, let's say do an Ironman or a marathon. Well, it doesn't just happen. Mm. You need to actually become someone you've never been by going through the training process, by probably doing the exact opposite that you've ever done in your life for a good six months to to be able to achieve that goal. So you need to be able to, you know, and we talk about this, um, about creating a space where getting uncomfortable becomes comfortable. It's really important. Mm. Do you do things on a daily basis to get you uncomfortable? So to train yourself on a consistent basis? Um, Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, you know, I have, well, probably better now, but I had a massive fear of calling people. I hated it. It was a, you know, it was a, oh, and it was really, it was really um, taken away from, obviously we need to, to um, build relationships and call people. And I just was so afraid of that rejection mm. um, because, you know, you fail, <laughs> to be honest, you fail more times than you succeed. Yes, yes. You've just got to make sure those, those successes are, are worth it for you. Yeah, 100%. Wow. Well, for someone who's been scared of making phone calls, I mean, the way you said it, <laughs> I'll just pick this up. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> he just picks up the phone and he makes a phone call. And now you're confessing, I was really actually scared of it. That's a big difference. That's a huge change. But that's what you yeah. mean by changing your identity, but right? you've got to be someone else to get to that next place. What's your... Yeah, exactly. Sorry, go on. Oh, and that's just about having a purpose. And it was my purpose to be able to empower people to, you know, chase that, that next opportunity. And, and the more that, I believe, the more we can chase those, those opportunities, those big opportunities, um, you know, it'll eventually evolve into um, including people that just never have those opportunities to come and, you know, might be working for you or, or something mm. like that, that otherwise would have got left behind um, and ended up in welfare or something mm. like that because they need someone to, to go after. So I think there's an overall effect here, but we need to be thinking outside what is comfortable for, for us. Wow. What's your big, biggest, boldest vision for Adventure Abroad? 
biggest buckets in terms of event that we're doing or as in like the whole structure of what what's your what do you want it to try what's the transformational piece what like what of the event of the actual business like what's the end goal the end dream like if you'd achieved that like yeah this is this is the deal but this is what i signed up um, oh I don't know. That's a really tricky question. If I got to a point, I, to be honest, I don't feel like I have a, a job. Mm-hmm. I have a lifestyle that I love. So I don't know if, to be honest, <laughs> if there's a point where I go, I'm ticking that off, I'm out. Okay. Um, I think probably if it got to the point where um, I felt like I had given my bit back to the community, um, by helping, um, you know, a certain amount of people um, through through their challenges. That, that's what I get a lot of enjoyment out of. Um, if I've started to find or lose enjoyment in that, I think I'd, I'd wave the white flag pretty quickly. Okay. And when you yeah. say you have a fantastic lifestyle, what are you doing to have a fantastic lifestyle running a business? Because people are running a business and they're like running themselves underground. Well, what are you doing to allow yourself to just have the lifestyle that you are enjoying? There's always times in your business where you may find difficult, like whether it be, you know, I hate accounting as much as anyone, but it's just part of a, you know, a business. You need to know how to read your books before you can, you know, make certain, certain decisions. Um, I think it, it for me it really goes back to the purpose. Like, why am I doing it? Okay. Um, if I didn't have that answer, I would probably I would have checked out. It would have been like it would have been like working in the the being an accountant or a lawyer that I was discussing that I never wanted to be. I might if I was I, I don't run a business for the fun of it. I am in the role at the moment of running a business for the purpose which I had was to to help people achieve those kind of um, stretch goals and, 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 and chase those big opportunities. And that came from the experience I had in the Himalayas when my mate passed away because in all honesty, he was so full of life and, and, and complete transparency. We were discussing the, the, the possibilities that we could and we had planned to input um, once we got back. Wow. Because, wow. and and that, like you said before, that was the catalyst to keep me going. So whenever I'm having a bad day, we all have bad days. Mm. I'm here. I'm still kicking. I'm still got these. It's just a perspective thing. And um, sometimes you need that. Oh, I love that. It's like I was interviewing someone, Tom, uh, last year, and he was saying to me that his friend, his one of his closest friends, had just was on the brink of becoming a billionaire. Like he signed a check to sell his company where that check enabled him now to be a billionaire. And he signed that check. He was 37 years old. He gets in the cab and that cab has a full-on collision with another car and he dies there and then. And that was the catalyst for him to realize, well, sugar, he had reached the potential of being the billionaire he'd always been, but had it for like a few moments and didn't enjoy it. But that was life. That was just That's like life. you say, the catalyst was your friend dying in your arms. And he yeah. had dreams like you. And that was what happened. What's, what's interesting for me, Tom, is that how you've actually taken it on. And I can see that being a former athlete yourself, or you still are probably working out and making sure, but just like <laughs> in a professional sense, you know, getting paid for that. Does working out, and I've discussed this with a lot of friends, does working out have a very 
huge, and I'm asking because you're an athlete, have a huge impact on your endurance in business and your endurance in really going after your passion? Like, does it translate? Absolutely. Yeah, I 100% I, I agree with you. I think there is something, you know, I, I would say that I'm, I'm quite disciplined at, at what I do. Um, but like I said before, I've got, you know, mates that are Olympians and they are next level mm. um, because they are so single focused and single minded, which can be a bad thing because you can lose sight of, of things going on around you. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly think that that helped. I, what I, what I learned during my time at Geelong is it, it's not always the most talented people that get through. It's those that actually work the hardest okay. and sacrifice the most that, that make it. So what we see on TV of, of AFL players um, running around, getting paid well and look like they're living the dream. What we don't see is the sacrifices they've made. Often relationships, actually more, more very, very often, you know, a lot of, a lot of relationships, um, like I said, study, all these other aspects, family, probably had to move um, interstate to go and chase that dream. Yeah. That dream becomes um, unenjoyable if that, you know, purpose mm. or that reason behind what, why you're doing it isn't there. Yeah. Do you have yours plastered in front of you, your purpose? No, I don't. Um, because you're saying you're a visual person. I'm thinking maybe, you know, Tom's got all these stuff around his room and around his office space. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I, and you know what? I, I speak to a lot of people about it and they do. Um, I just love listening and, and talking and engaging with people that are like-minded. Yeah. Um, and I think I found that really powerful. And, and fortunately for me in, in what we do, I get to meet a lot of like-minded people that I probably would have never met before um, that have gone on to do incredible things. Um, so, yeah, I think that's been a really powerful thing for me is listening, reading um, and, and talking. Yeah. Just, you know, when you said that um, meeting powerful people, you know what I think would be pretty amazing if you had a networking event and you took people over there and you had people from all walks of life, Olympians, the executive, and they all came to just get to know one another in this experience. I think that would be pretty powerful. I mean, I'd totally go to something like that because it's in those relationships of people that you would never really come across because your paths don't cross because yeah. there's no reason to yeah. That you would meet someone in that experience where you'd go, wow, that's what it's like. Or you know, getting the other person's perspective of how they do things. What do you, what do you think of this suggestion, Tom? <laughs> no, I think it's a great suggestion. you got my mind ticking now. So, um, yeah, no, but, but you're exactly right. Like, we've had people that have ended up getting married from, from meeting on trips that would have never, would have never crossed paths. And it's, that's the thing. You just need that one common denominator yeah. to bring you... Um, on that journey together and then oh they're married <laughs> you know they would have never been given that opportunity had it not been um you know for that that you know that like-minded kind of denominator yeah and on that note i'm going to wrap it up beautiful marriage note i'm going to wrap it up and say thank you so much tom for sharing adventure abroad with us letting us know what it's like behind the scenes of an athlete of starting a business and if someone's interested and actually wants to know more about adventure abroad where can they go they can go to adventureabroad.com.au um, you can just put it into google hopefully our seo is working for us and you'll, you'll find it <laughs> and if somebody wants to take you on board as a speaker is that on the same website uh, you can or just go to tomallright.com 
and you'll be able to find everything you need there. Fantastic. Well, Tom, I truly appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight and, your, and sharing the stories that you have. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. No worries. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the very next episode of Unbox Your Gift. God bless.